You're listening to the Warrior Rulebook Podcast, Episode 9, How to Manage Your Time Like a Pro. If you were expecting me to be the pro, then I'm sorry to say that you would be wrong. I'm happy to say I've enlisted help, though. You see, I'm a repeat offender of time management. I procrastinated all the way through school and even in other areas of my life but I'm fighting back now. Before, I used to read blog posts, look at trainings, and see why procrastination came so easily. I even shared memes on procrastination because they were so relatable. But those didn't help me move any faster on my tasks. It seemed like it was easier to get things done when I was staring down the barrel of a deadline. And I didn't want to do that, but it seemed like that was the time that I got my best work done. Can you relate to that? Over the past couple of months, I have been able to take actionable steps to write my goals down, write smaller goals, and able to work on those pieces. Maybe it's been because I was able to see like what other women have been accomplishing, what other women that look like me were accomplishing, and maybe that encouraged me. I don't know. But I did meet someone who is really good at it, and she's helping me today. I met Beth Went inside another Facebook group on female empowerment in business. I saw that she was able to work remotely in a field that they call virtual assisting, where you use your online skills to aid other business owners to propel their business. And I became very interested in that. So we got to talking and then I found out that she was into scaling businesses and doing that by outsourcing help to others. And in the later half of this year, I learned the importance of outsourcing smaller tasks to other people so that you as a business owner can focus on your talent and your vision for your company. And so she is here to help me today. Beth has been dreaming about living the laptop lifestyle since she was 15 years old and ran a book review blog from her iPad touch. Pursuing her dream as an adult, she's built the business of her dreams in just about three months flat, which is very impressive. She always looks for the most efficient way to do things and now helps her clients to do the same, setting them up for success with processes in their own business. She loves Christmas, marketing, and making sure others feel encouraged and supported. So let's see what golden advice she has for me today. Let's get started. You're listening to the Warrior Rulebook Podcast with me, Monique Harmon. I'm a God-fearing, bright fashion blogger, also known as Pretty Neaky, where I share tips on how to activate that part of you that sets your soul on fire to fight whatever life throws at you. Come on, share your story with me. So in the past, we've heard that multitasking is considered something like efficient. And it means that like you're on top of everything because like you're doing different things simultaneously. And so lately, I've been hearing that it actually makes your situation worse because you're not like putting all the attention like on one specific thing. So like, what were your thoughts about that? So the way that our brain works is really different than what everybody has thought for a long time. So especially for women, we kind of think that we can do it all and switch between different things. You know, you can be writing your grocery list in one second and then finishing an email in another. And then there's like a family crisis with your kids or your husband or whatever. And it feels relatively easy when it happens. Um, But we wonder like why we're so tired all the time. And the reason is because when we're switching between things so quickly. Um, It's actually not like multitasking. It's just switching really rapidly and nothing is ever working like simultaneously. So it feels efficient to be doing that stuff, but we're actually like really tiring our brains out at a super fast rate because it has to keep up with all the things that we're doing. 
So when we're working, especially um, when we're switching between those tasks, it really causes us to like lose our momentum and our brain capacity really goes down, um, at least mine does. So I actually heard a stat yesterday that said that it takes 25 minutes to refocus on a task after we get distracted. So if you think about 25 minutes, like, you know, you go from reading an email to answering an Instagram DM, and then before you know it, you're down in the weeds of Instagram. And when you come back to the email that you were writing or whatever you were doing before, um, it takes you 25 minutes to get back into that space. So if that's true, and um, if you start looking for it in your life, you'll start to see how that can be true. Like when you lose that momentum, that's definitely um, feels true. So we're wasting tons of time trying to like do it all at once. And so when the sooner that we can see that it's not worth it to switch between stuff all the time, um, things that you can, you know, try your time management methods and stuff that you're trying will work better because you won't be constantly like turning your brain on and off um, to try to get your productivity higher, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel that because like, at some point, I'll be like watching like a training. And then like, I'll look at my phone and be like, Oh, this looks like a cool video. It only take like two minutes. And then before I know <laughs> it, like, pretty much like a half hour went by. And I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, I literally yes. just stopped the training. So yeah, I definitely feel yep. that. Exactly. Um, okay, so like, let me also ask, what do you think caused people to like, shift their thinking in terms of multitasking? Like, what do you think? Um, happen for them to be like, oh, it's not as effective as perceived. So I think that a lot of the the shifting has even happened in like the entrepreneurial world, if I can say that word right, um, at least in the way that I see it, because when we are, you know, working for ourselves and women, especially, because I think that men have always kind of been one, you know, one task at a time. So it never was as much of a problem for them. But for us women, um, when we have started, you know, doing more in the world and, and running our own businesses and things like that, we're seeing that there is a difference in the way that we do things. Um, it cause, I think it causes a lot of people to um, stop and look at it. And since people are really talking about it and talking about time management more than ever before, I think that's kind of I, what I see as the cause in the shift. So the cause is more of like women taking those CEO entrepreneurial roles. Okay. And any that you see for the guys that might be experiencing this? Yeah, I think that it's really just a matter of like how you're seeing your own productivity. So a lot of time management really is like your mindset. Like if you believe that you can you know, focus on one thing at a time, then it's a lot easier to do that. So I think for men, um, especially they've been told that like, you know, they are, it's easier for them to, you know, do one thing at a time. Um, but if not, like, I think that changing the perspective and um, perception on that is really keeps you productive. Um, so yeah, is, does that answer your question? Yes, that helps. What would you say is the most powerful skill to achieve good time management? I think that pretty universally um, prioritizing and really getting clear on what actually is an emergency is something that we all really struggle with. Um, 
And there are only some things that are actually pressing for your time. And so when you can see what are actually emergencies, you can get a lot more done. So it's a lot easier to let the panic go when you're really seeing what is calling for your attention. Because when you think about it, like when you think about the things that you do in a day, there are only some things that if you don't do them, it's going to you know, ruin whatever you're doing in a day. So whether you're working for clients or even in your own business, like there's only when you can see the few things that are really pressing for your attention, you can focus on those and then you can knock them out faster. So you'll be able to do more of the, the smaller things. So like figuring out what method is gonna work for you um, is really try more trial and error than a science because not everything works for everyone in every season of life. But when you are able to prioritize, it gets a lot easier. Okay, yeah. Cause I think I was um, looking at some of your stories, I think last night. Well, pretty much like how you like schedule different things. And like, I think you said you allow like um, 25 minutes to do a task. Is that right? Yeah. So that's something called the Pomodoro. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Um, The Pomodoro method. And basically what that is, is you set a timer for 25 minutes and you just go at that thing. You don't let any distractions in. And then after the 25 minutes, you take a five minute break. So then that's like a 30 minute increment. Mm -hmm. And then after five minute break, then you go do it again for 25 minutes or you start something else for 25 minutes. And then after that, you take a 15 minute break. Um, so that's something that's really helped me a lot in, especially like writing content. Um, mm-hmm. It's really for me to focus on that. And so when I can set a timer and just not look at anything else until the timer goes off, then it's a lot easier to really knock some stuff off the to-do list. Okay. And so like, is that um, much different from how people like list what tasks they're going to do for the day. And then they'll just put um, like, I'm doing this from 9am to 11am. Like, do you think uh, the Pomodoro effect is a little bit more strategic, a little bit more um, easier to attain than that? Yeah, I think for me, it's easier to attain because I, I'm not like as strict with myself, I guess. So like, I've tried blocking off sections of time to do that, you know, like down to the hour scheduling out my day. And I just find that it doesn't really work for me because sometimes, you know, at 9.15 or say 11.15, maybe my husband comes home early and we decide to go out for lunch. Well, then my whole day is shot because I didn't do the one thing. So then I have to like redo the whole schedule. Whereas the Pomodoro method, I can just pick it up whenever I need to do a 25 minute sprint and it doesn't have to be scheduled down to the hour. Mm -hmm. But if works for someone like I definitely think that that can be really good I knew used to know some work with someone who she would schedule out her breaks and everything on her calendar so that as soon as her calendar alarm went off she would go do whatever it was she'd put in the calendar and that worked great for her but it never really worked for me Hmm. okay can you walk me through the transformation that you had like once you found this uh strategy in order to like manage your time better Yeah, so I used to work right out of high school in a nine to five in a nonprofit organization. So I worked there for a year as an intern and joined on as staff for two more years after that. So while I was working there, that's where I worked with the woman who would block off her time. And I learned a lot about myself there and how to get stuff done. You know, like I knew all of the hacks, I read all of the hacks, I knew when I needed to put headphones on and just bunker down for an hour and crank out a project, I knew when I needed to ask for help. And I figured out how to like avoid work, you know, like all those things. I figured it all out. 
But what I didn't really realize um, and that I kind of have figured out in the last year is that not everything works for every person or even every day. So some things um, for me, I find that I work best on Wednesdays and Thursdays because I'm already really heavily into my work week. I have a lot of momentum behind me. And Mondays used to be and still are the worst productivity days for me mm-hmm. because I, I know that I just don't get as much done because I'm settling in. So I used to really beat myself up on the days that I didn't get as much done and I didn't really realize what the correlation was. Mm-hmm. So when I figured that out about myself, um, I really started to schedule my, you know, my tasks based on that. So I really try not to do calls on Mondays. Sometimes that doesn't work for my clients, but um, especially sales calls, they, I just don't try, I try not to do those on Monday because I know that um, what really moves the needle for me in my week is having Monday to really settle in and get used to, you know, like back into my week as opposed to jumping, you know, head first and not really coming up for air. Like that just works for me, you know, different things on different days. So I've done like, records and journals about like getting stuff done and just keeping track of what works and what doesn't. So a lot of my client work, um, due to this, just the difference in what they all do. Um, it's really hard to batch work, but I know that for myself, if I try to write a newsletter every week, um, for my email list, I know it won't get done. I have to do it all at once. So it's kind of based on what the task is. And like I said earlier, like this is more of a trial and effort, trial and error for yourself rather than like a science because the Pomodoro method might not work for you or batching might not work for you or time blocking might not work for you. But if you can kind of figure out what does work for you, what, you know, what your schedule should look like and feels good when it looks like, that is really a good, a good starting point for you. So it's all, it's really all about balance and getting to know yourself and not really allowing yourself um, to stay rigid. So like allowing yourself to do things differently than other people, maybe even, mm-hmm. and kind of getting in tune with that. Yeah. Cause I think um, for me, like when it comes to like getting things done, like sometimes I won't even like do a task or I'll try to like push it off as much as possible. Like if I feel like it's too big. So I don't know. Like, I'm still, like, uh, experimenting with this. But I think, like, if I just, you know, push myself to work on it a little bit and be like, okay, at a later date, I can, like, come revisit this project and, like, contribute more to that. So it's a learning process. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, like, everybody knows, like, the age old, like, New Year's resolution. They're like, oh, I'm going to, like, do this this year or I'm gonna like lose weight or something like that (laughs) but I don't know I just feel like it's like overplayed and like I don't think people really take it seriously so like what are your tips um, for goal planning for 2020? Sure so what I've done in the past that has worked really well for me is to really take um, like a day or a week not off of work but like to focus on you know, figuring out what my goals are, even just one day and think about where I want to be at the end of the year and not staying, like I said, like not being rigid in that even, because if I think about where I was a year ago, I mean, my goals were completely different than they are now. And I think that's okay. And I think that we, as a, you know, goal getter culture, they're not, we're not really allowing for those times of change. And so what I like to do as I start a new year, 
I will pick a word um, or phrase that really encompasses how I want to live my life that year. So for 2019, my year was purpose or my word was purpose. And so everything that I did, I tried to come at it from a place of purpose and a place of, you know, really finding what was going to be best for me. And so I set goals for each quarter and, you know, I reverse engineered, you know, where I wanted to be at the end of the year and created smaller goals, moving backwards from that. And that worked pretty well. Um, but I try to only do that in quarter increments. Um, so in 2020, in January, 2020, I'll look toward, you know, where do I want to be in April? And then in April, I'll do it again. So it's less of a year and more of a quarter thing for me, just because that works better for me because I, you know, so much happens in a year and you're not really, you're not really allowing for the change and growth that comes from personal development and from being an entrepreneur. If you are scheduling a year in advance, so you can set big goals and set big plans and, you know, intentions and that's, that's great. But I find that for me, the best way to do it is to really focus on, you know, what, what's happening in my business right now and kind of what, as I build that, um, feels good for where I'm at. Okay. And so, um, is there anything else that you wanted to add about time management before we moved, um, on to outsourcing? Yeah, I think just knowing the mindset that you have, um, regarding productivity and time management can really just make all the difference. And so like, I'm a planner. I love to dawdle and put off actually working on your goals. But um, if I set aside certain times to do that, and then I go into my implementation times, like I'm going to do this, you know, like my mindset really plays a big role. So really taking time to, again, just know yourself and, and just, you know, take care of yourself internally as well as externally can really make a big difference. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So when is it time to ask for help in terms of time management or what are your uh, go-to solutions for people that, you know, are hard on saying that they just don't have the time to do anything? Yeah. So a lot of times people say that they don't have time, but really what they mean is they don't have the mental capacity and that's okay. Um, So like for me, I know I have time to technically work 40 hours a week, But if I'm working 40 hours a week, I know that my quality of life and mental capacity will be a lot just worse. And my, my path to burnout will come quicker, you know, like if I'm, you know, um, working at full mental capacity. So it really depends on what that is for you. So for you, it might be 20 hours for me, it might be 35, you know, like it just doesn't, um, it's not a one size fits all. And Um, when you reach the point when you feel busy and rushed and no productivity hacks are really working, you've tried it all and you still just feel overwhelmed. I think that's really when you need the peace of mind and support to outsource. So you, you need to be able to say, I need support for this because I don't have the mental capacity to do this and, you know, ask for help. Even if it's just hiring a babysitter for five hours on Friday afternoon, so you can have, you know, a moment to write your content without dealing, you know, without having to pay attention to the distraction of kids or or getting a meal kit delivery service so you don't have to plan dinners a certain week if you're going through a launch or whatever, you know, whatever works for your life. But even just outsourcing um, something little like that or something big like a project manager to just say, you know, I can do this, but I don't really have the mental capacity and um, just the, the time in my life to deal with this. I think that's really when you should look at start starting to hire a team or a project manager. Okay. And so, yeah, like I haven't 
I don't even think I really realized like how big the industry of like virtual assistants and, um, you know, a team was and like, and I think my first probably encounter was like when I had bought a scarf from like this headscarf company and, mm-hmm. um, like they pretty much helped me like through, of course, the customer service thing, but it just seems like since then, like it's just gotten so much bigger. So could you like either explain that industry or like give us like a full picture of what a VA does? Yeah. So the definition of VAs are, is really different. So a virtual assistant can, you know, um, I have clients that are uh, wellness coaches. And so I help them with planning their podcast and really reaching out in, and pitch emails to some people who are in that wellness industry. And I have other people who are, I just signed a client who is a nail tech um, trainer. So she does like online classes for, for nail techs. And I have someone else who's a business coach, you know, so it kind of means different things for different people. And I think that's why the business or the industry rather is growing at such a rapid pace because, you know, everybody can use some help in some way. And especially if you have an online business. So I've seen a lot of you know, product-based people who have virtual assistants or social media managers that um, they're completely different than just the entrepreneur world. And I think that some people just look at entrepreneurs and they say, well, I can't be a virtual assistant for somebody I don't understand their their industry, but really there's, there's opportunities everywhere you look. You just have to be looking in the right places. And, you know, where your zone of genius is, I think that that helps you kind of see, but yeah, the definitely the virtual assistant world is huge and it can be, you know, for any industry really at this point. So having that um, experience, I mean, you can niche down to anything. Like there's so much opportunity out there. It's so abundant. Right. Yeah. I definitely believe that. So like um, how can a person like that has never trusted someone else, like to maintain a piece of their business for them like how do they just like find the courage to give the reins to another person because I've known like in the past even before I started having a business mind like I would let like one of my friends do something or like leave it open for them to help and like they would just not help like they would just make it worse so it's (laughs) like like I know at a certain point in time I will have to outsource but like what advice do you have for people um that need to like trust in someone else to like help them with their business yeah that can be I mean that's a really big step to be able to give that something up because especially in business I think that you know like it's your baby it's it's the thing you've been growing and you don't really want to like hand that over to just anyone but I think that in this like mindset really does play a huge role because if you're if you're at your mental capacity, like we talked about earlier, and and you know that you need help, um, it becomes a little bit easier to give up. And I have done a lot of journaling around this, and I really recommend that because it works really well for me. But if it doesn't for you, great. But um, maybe talking to somebody about it. But for me, like figuring out what I love doing and what's my zone of genius. Um, once I know exactly what I want to focus on, you know, like what is my dream day. Um, it can be easier to see the ways that I need help. So I know the things that I love doing and I know the things that I really don't love doing. So doing some journaling kind of to figure out how you feel about that, how you feel about the work that you're doing and how you want to feel. So maybe like something is really, you don't like writing emails and you want to feel really good about your emails because it's the way that you connect with people, but you're just coming from a really negative place when you're writing your emails your audience is going to feel that. So if you feel frazzled and upset about the work that you're doing, 
um, then outsourcing is really a no-brainer because you want to feel at peace and supported, but you also want your audience and your clients to feel that. So if you are the kind of person who loves to have control, have your hands and everything, that that's totally okay. Like that's how I am. I like to know exactly what's going on. And I have a few clients that are like that, but all you, the, the best way is really to just set up a good task management system, you know, set up Asana, set up Trello and find somebody who communicates well, like find somebody that has the same values as you communicates well. And that way you'll always be in the loop. So you'll be able to go into your task management system. You'll be able to talk to them, you know, exactly what's going on. And even if you're not doing the work, it's easier to kind of let it go if you know what's going on. And obviously don't micromanage as much as you can, but um, if you don't want to give everything up at first, then don't do that. I mean, if that doesn't feel right in your business, that's not, you know, what's right for you right now. And maybe you'll find out that you love the freedom of just giving it up and not knowing every detail and you log into your task management system less and less and that's okay and you can make adjustments farther down the line but definitely figuring out where you want to be and how you want to feel and you know journaling or talking about um how a a va or an obm or a project manager might help you get to that point can be really um beneficial for like taking your hands off of it and really letting yourself do what you were made to do Okay. Yeah. That definitely makes me feel better about outsourcing help. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So can you tell me about what projects you have going on or any services that you offer? I know you have a time management um, masterclass coming up. Yeah. We are doing a time management masterclass um, all about just the stuff that we've talked about today and really how to really diving deep into figuring out what is best for your business and what is best for you as, you know, time management and really figuring out what's, what's your sweet spot. Because like I said earlier, not everything works for everyone every day and every season of life. So we'll be really diving into that. So um, you can find that at my website. It's Beth, um, Beth, B-E-T-H, Wendt, W-E-N-D-T, dot com slash masterclass. And you will find the, like the info page and the sign up stuff there. But yeah, so we're having that next week. Okay, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. I've always wanted to do this. Okay, that's great. Um, all right. So um, do you want to drop like any handles um, or anything where people can find you and connect with you? Sure. So the most active place that I am right now is Instagram. So my handle is Beth Went. Um, B-E-T-H-W-E-N-D-T and then an underscore at the end of that. So, Okay. Well, thank you for being patient with me and thank you for agreeing to this interview. I had fun. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Monique. I really appreciated it. Wow. Isn't Beth amazing? I am so excited to try the Pomodoro effect because I've never heard of that. And also, I'll feel a little less guilty not multitasking when it comes to getting things done. I need to be able to focus on one thing at a time in order to put my best effort in. So let me know, what time management skills that you learned here today are you interested in trying? Let me know in the comments or you can reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, because Lord willing, 2020 is going to be a good year. I hope you're excited because I am. Thanks for listening to the Warrior Rulebook Podcast. I'll see you soon. Bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Warrior Rulebook podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend and join me over at the Warrior Rulebook podcast insider group on Facebook. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more tips on how to be resilient in this world.